Well, our reading uh, is, gospel reading is from Matthew chapter 22, verses 1 to 14. Once more Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his slaves to call those who had been invited to the wedding banquet, but they would not come. Again, he sent other slaves, saying, Tell those who have been invited, Look, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they made light of it and went away, one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his slaves, mistreated them and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his troops, destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his slaves, the wedding is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore into the main streets and invite everyone you find to the wedding banquet. Those slaves went out into the streets and gathered all whom they found, both good and bad. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing a wedding robe and he said to him, Friend, how did you get in here without a wedding robe? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, Bind him hand and foot, and throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. The Gospel of our Lord. And Father God, I pray now that you will speak to us through your word. Would you touch our hearts and our minds and would you show us the Lord Jesus? Amen. Please be seated. In a few minutes' time, we will be invited to communion. At one level, it's not much of an invitation you're invited to receive, a wafer, to receive a piece of bread and have a sip of wine or, or fruit juice. At another level, this is the greatest invitation that you will ever receive. It's the invitation to participate in the kingdom of heaven, to live the life of God. It's the invitation to participate in the king's wedding banquet for his son. Of course, what happens here is just the hors d'oeuvre, the zakuski, the taster for the wedding banquet of heaven, but it is still part of the banquet. And the parable that Jesus tells us is about a great invitation an invitation to participate in God's kingdom. It is amazing because it's about a wedding feast. And weddings, they're about new beginnings. They're about love and joy and hope and deep intimacy. And it's an invitation to start again, to know the deep love that God has for you to know the rich joy that he would give you, even in the face of the most awful circumstances. And it's an invitation to intimacy, deep spiritual intimacy with God and also with his people. 
And look at the abundance of this banquet. There are oxen and fatted calves. This is the best. We heard from the prophet Isaiah. He speaks of the coming kingdom. A place of amazing abundance and prosperity where generations, old and young, will be at ease with each other, where there will be no more war or famine or disease or sickness or death, where nature will be at ease with itself. Children will play safely with serpents and wolves and lambs will lie down together. Of course, the kingdom in all its fullness is future. We wait for that. But we have the taster of this future kingdom here and now. We have the Holy Spirit, God's presence with us, in us, among us. We have the Bible, God's word, which speaks of his good and wise law and ways. It declares his certain and sure promises and we have the church, each other. Uh, and we have communion and baptism, secure signs of God's presence with us. We have each other in fellowship. We have a purpose for living and a hope that reaches beyond death. Jesus in this parable is, of course, speaking to the people of his day and his time. When he tells this story, he has in mind God's invitation to the people of his time. And there'd been the messengers, the prophets, and then there'd been John the Baptist. He had come and he'd said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. This wedding banquet, he says, it's just round the corner. A few had heard and responded. But the majority had either ignored John and the prophets or they'd even killed them. We've read only a few chapters earlier how Herod had put John the Baptist to death. And now, because they refused to come, the invitation comes to us, to the people who live on the streets. People who never thought that we would be invited who could not conceive that the love of God could extend even to me. There's nothing special about us, nothing remarkable. Unless you happen to be Jewish by racial descent, none of us belong to a privileged, special race. There is nothing particularly good about us but it is the invitation to come to God's wedding banquet, to become part of the kingdom of God, to share in the very life of God. It is a great invitation. And then secondly, this is about the foolishness of saying no. Richard, a former member of one of my churches of where I've been, uh, has a son called Steve. Steve has just graduated from university with a good degree in IT. He's looking for work and he would love to work creating online games. Richard, his dad, 
does some work for a man who owns a major IT gaming company in the United Kingdom. He was talking with him about his son when his son, Steve, turned up. The owner of the IT company turned to Steve and said, can you come and see me this evening? I'm interested. And Steve said, no, I'm sorry I can't. I'm going out with some friends. Well, you can imagine the conversation between father and son a little bit later on that evening. May I give you some advice? When you are looking for an IT job and the owner of a major IT company invites you to come and meet with him, can I suggest you do not say no? I don't think Steve will make the same mistake again. It was very foolish to say no. And the people here were foolish to say no. There are, of course, different ways of rejecting this invitation. There is blatant rejection. The messengers are persecuted, seized, imprisoned, and executed. That happened to believers, many, many believers, from across the Christian spectrum in this country for 70 years, many of whom are celebrated as new martyrs. It's still happening. On Thursday, I hear that a father, Saman Shahata, a Coptic Orthodox priest, was stabbed to death in Cairo. It's a foolish thing to do, to reject the king and to reject his messengers. Jesus speaks on several occasions declaring that we will be judged on how we have treated those who have come in his name. It works both ways. Those who reject them will be rejected. Those who receive them will be received. If you even give one of my followers a glass of water because they come in my name, says Jesus, you will be rewarded. But you do not need to abuse the messenger to reject the message. You can simply ignore it. You can do which many people did here to treat it lightly, to live life as if God did not exist. Because what the people here are saying is, okay, thanks for letting us know, God's throwing a party, but it's not important. What is important is my farm, my business. Do you know that is us? That is our society. Religion, God's stuff is okay, so long as it is, as it is in its right place. It belongs to the entertainment, leisure side of life. It's the smetana that you add into the soup to make the soup just a little bit better. If you don't have it, well, it's a shame, but it's your choice. But running the farm, keeping the company afloat, doing business, that's the important stuff of life. No wonder the king is furious. He destroys the murderers and wipes out their city. Now, this is a story. But in telling the story, Jesus is warning us that God cannot be sidelined and his invitation cannot be ignored. We're talking God 
here. He cannot be put in a drawer marked entertainment and leisure. He cannot be treated as an optional extra to life, something that is there for our spare time. He is the one who created us, who gives us life, who gives us skills, who gives us each other, who gives us business. He is the one to whom each one of us is accountable. He offers us an amazing invitation. And it is foolishness to say no. And thirdly, this is a story about grace. There are different ways to understand those verses at the end of this story, verses 11 to 13, and the wedding robe. Some would say the wedding robe is the robe of good deeds. I don't think that's the case because we're told specifically that the people who came in were both good and bad. Maybe, and this is how I understand this, as the guests came in off the street, so they were all offered wedding robes to cover their old clothes. And the man here had refused the gift of the wedding robe. Or maybe he simply thought that he was okay in his own clothes. He was wearing the latest designer label jacket. I'm afraid I'm not, I apologize. He was wearing his best clothes and he thought they were good enough. Perhaps that is why when the king asks him why he is not wearing a wedding robe, he is speechless. But I thought, he stammers, that my best was good enough. The invitation that we have to become part of the kingdom of God, to share in the life of God, to even come to communion, is an invitation to grace. It does not depend on us, on who we are or what we have done. Perhaps some of us who are here today have heard the invitation, but we still insist on wearing our old clothes. We think they are good enough. And so we think that we deserve to be here. We're important enough, or good enough, or repentant enough, or we've confessed enough, or we've given enough to the church, or worked hard enough for the church. We've mortified ourselves enough, or we're religious enough to come forward. We think that God owes us. If that is the case, and I say this in all seriousness, please do not come forward. Because the consequences of coming forward when we are metaphorically dressed in our own clothes, even our best own clothes, are pretty horrific. This meal is for sinners. It's for people who know their old clothes are inadequate. It's a meal for people, maybe yes, who are good, but who know they are not good enough. It's a meal for people who are bad, but who are seeking God's mercy. It's a meal for those who know that their best will never be good enough for God. It's a meal for all who are willing to receive forgiveness, the strength to live a new life for people who are desperate for Jesus to be part of their life and in their life. I love this. When we come to the banquet ready to cast off our own clothes, God will throw over us 
a wedding robe. Round the corner from where we lived in London once, there was an African church. I think they called themselves the Church of Christ. I think they were from Nigeria. I'm not sure. They would all turn up on Sunday afternoon. It was beautiful. They would all turn up wearing long white robes. Not just the minister, all of them. It was this passage lived out. And it reminds me of the story of the prodigal son who returns home. He's about to reel off his grovel speech, telling his father why he is so unworthy, when his father stops him, embraces him, and places on him a robe, the robe that declares that he is his forgiven son, the robe that told him that this was where he belonged, not as a servant, not as a welcome guest, but as child and heir. And when we receive the invitation and come, we too are offered robes. They are invisible, but they are robes of grace. Each one of us, they are offered to many, but few receive them. Nobody can say that their robe is more beautiful or more precious than the next person's, for the robe that you are offered is priceless and unique for you. It is the robe of the kingdom of heaven. It is the robe that covers over our nakedness and filth, our good and our bad, our achievements and our failures. It is the robe which declares that you are accepted, forgiven, that you belong to God, that you are a son, that you are a daughter of God, and that you belong here. So my dear brothers and sisters, we have a remarkable invitation. You are welcome into the kingdom of heaven. You are welcome to the king's wedding banquet. You are welcome to this communion. Please do not be foolish and say no. And when you come, know that you come by grace. Come as a sinner who knows that your best will never be good enough. Come as a woman. Come as a man who knows that you need God. And if you come that way, allowing as you walk forward for grace to dress you with her robe, you are welcome to this table. It really is the Lord's table. And you are welcome to this feast. And you are welcome to that great feast. Amen.